0: Pasha's Emar contains discussions of the Yom Tovim, Pesach, Shavuos. So can say that when you enter Eretz Yisrael, you will harvest the the grain. You bring in Omer, that's a measure of Asir Sa'efah. Uh, that, that it's, uh, it's a measure it's a measure of grain. You bring it as a carbon from the first grain to the coin. It is barley. The. You bring this carbon As we've discussed in the past, that means the day after the first day of Pesach, the first day of Chalamoid. And you also bring, along with the Omer, you bring a keves, a sheep for a carbon. And you bring a mincha to a throne of soles and uh, yayin. And so this is so far this is a carbon. And then we have a, a critical pasuk, the Torah says a, a striking halacha, sochlu You're not allowed to eat from the new grain, not bread, not roasted wheat, different types of grain product, you're not allowed to eat. Ad etzmayamas, until this day the middle of this day carbon until you bring the carbon of hashem the carbon of the, the carbon of theomer. the Omer this is the sounds like it means it applies for all time all over that's so, so in addition to this being a carbon that's brought on the second day of Pesach, there is a prohibition you're not allowed to eat. You're not allowed to eat uh, bread or any other grain product from the new grain until the carbon omer is brought. This is what we know today as the prohibition of chadash or the chumrah of yashan. Chadash and yashan, of course, are two two sides of the same coin. Chadash is the name the Chazal gave to the new grain until it has been permitted by the bringing of the carbon omer, and yashan is what we call grain after it has been permitted by the bringing of the carbon omer. Bizmanazeh, we don't have the Omer, so Zah, The Gemara explains, the Mishnah explains, the it becomes mutter on this on the second day of Pesach. The end of the second day of Pesach it becomes mutter by the on that time, even in the absence of the of the carbon. The question, of course, is whether this prohibition, the prohibition against eating chadash, whether this prohibition applies bizmanazeh, whether it applies in chutzlarts. Those are two different questions. There, there are a number of possible different reasons why it wouldn't apply. But, basically, that's the question. The Torah says, no The Torah says, Does the prohibition of Chadash apply even, azep, even in Chutzlart? If it does, why are many people lenient? Why are many people not particular to consume only Chadash? It's a, it's a Chumrah, more and more, to consume only yashon. More and more people are becoming uh, meticulous about this. More and more have Sheyram certify this. More and more food establishments uh, uh try to serve try to serve Yashan. But the question is, what is the status of this prohibition bismanazeh? How do we deal with it in contemporary times? So the Mishnah in Arla says Asher Asri Torah Bukal Makam. Khadash is Asri Torah, not Mudrabara Bhunataura, Makam everywhere, not just in Artisrael, even in Chutlar. Doesn't say whether it applies Bismana or not, but it says Bukal Makam, Khadash applies Midaraisa everywhere. Parenthetically, uh, this phrase of Chadash Aser Minat Torah, Chadash is on a biblical level, is perhaps better known at, in its use as an aphorism of the by the khasim Sofer. The khasim Sofer, when he was fighting against the reform movement, the the early reform movement, but, so the early reformers were changing things. They were innovating. So much of what they did eventually became completely uh, destructive of religion. they had intermarriage, Ka Shabbos, eating eating non- kosher food. But originally many things they did were relatively minor, relatively you know, relatively small changes in ritual and in, in, in custom. But the Has himself and many of the Gudeli Hadar of that time understood that this was the nose of the camel under the tent and that it had to be fought. The, these changes weren't going to end there. They had to be fought. So the Hasim Saufer and his followers coined this, this famous aphorism, Khadash Asirminatara. Everything new is Obviously, it's not literally true that new things are not always Asir. We do new things all the time. We have new technology, we use for mitzvahs and so on. But the, in context, it meant that everything that the reformers are trying to do is Asirminatara because it, it leads to other things, and uh, we can't tolerate any deviation, any deviation from the mitzvah. But the original context was chadash, new grain is Asur Torah, That's the mission, in Arla. However, that's not the last word on the subject. There are detailed gemaras elsewhere that discuss whether it's really true that it's chadash always Asur, is it Asr b'sman the Gemara, the Mishnah in Sukkah, the Mishnah in Sukkah says, when, after the Chorban Beis Mikdash, Mishachara Beis HaMikdash, Rabbi El-Khalim and Zakkai instituted certain takhanas connected to continuing to do things the way they were done at the time of the Mikdash. One of the takanas was, Pashihayam Kulo Th- That chadash remains asr for the entire day of the Omer, meaning the entire second day of Yom Tov, the Omer the remains asr. The Gemara has a, uh, a detailed explanation. The yeah. first shot is that the Gemara brings one shot that it was Xerah. Really, it would be mutter, would be mutter chadash the morning of Pesach. But The mikdash will be rebuilt next year and people will say, I remember we ate chadash on the morning of the second day of Pesach. Once the base mikdash is built and you have to bring in the carbonomer, it's not mutter until you bring in the carbonomer. So if we allow people to eat it from the morning, it will lead to problems when the base mikdash is rebuilt. Shayri bana beis hamikdash. So therefore, we say, don't eat chadash, uh, don't eat chadash that day. Really, the halacha is midaraisa when there's no beis hamikdash. Hey, or hamizrak. As soon as daybreak, it's mutter, But when there is a beis Mikdash, you need the omer. It can lead to confusion. So we don't uh, so we don't allow chadash to be eaten on the entire second day of nisa. The gemara brings another shot. Sorry, second day of pesach. Yes, thank you. The gemara brings another shot that no. Rabbi Yochum and Zakei's dinner is a din daraisa. Biyochlam ben Zakai b'shitis from Yehuda Amra, to Amr minat Torah hu aser chadash minat Torah is aser is aser uh, the entire second day of Pesach unless you bring the karpinomer earlier. And the drush is ad etzimayamazeh etzimayamazeh. What does etzim mean? Ad itzumah shol yom. We've the entire. It's not motur until the entire second day has uh, entire second day has passed. So the Mar brings the machlokas whether biyochlam ben is din. Is based on is, 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 is it a din daraisa or it's a or it's a din drabanan? But these are the the the, 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 the mara has a discussion in menachos in Kiddush, and kedushin, various discussions throughout shas. Mechlokis tanoim. How are we Paskin about chadash bezmanazes? It's daraisa mechlal or not? and it's chadash kutzlart. Chadash kutzlart we'll get to later. But chadash we'll chadash bezmanazes Khadash tanoim, Machlokis amarayim. La how do we pasquin? Is chadash bezmanazes aser or not, Rambam Paskins that is an isra of Chadash. It's an isra Raisa, Chadash Ketzad Chadash applies only to the five types of grain. So there's no Chadash on rice. There's no Chadash on corn. There is Chadash on the five the five the, the, the five grains. The five grains you can use for matzah. The five grains you make alamechion Wheat, barley, spelt, rye. Fifth one is commonly considered to be oats, although oats is debatable. But the, the the five types of grain, those five exclusively are prohibited by the prohibition of chadash from Er Pasha, until you bring the Omer on the sixteenth of Nisan, lechem of v'lechem b'kolei b'charmel lo sechelu. Rambam says it's an Isra daraisa. The Rambam says that if you eat if you eat a kisayis of chadash before the Omer, you're lokem and You get malchus medaraisa. Rambam is as clear as clear can be. B'chol makom anywhere, b'chol zman anytime. Bein bein bayis, it applies when the base mikdash stands. It, ap- it applies when the it applies when the base mikdash does not stand. The Isra of chadash mitaraisa applies. There is one difference, Ram says, between when the base mikdash stands and bezmanazeh that we discussed mentioned before. When the base mikdash stands, then mishiyakr of to that when the, when the Beit Shemitah be- be- stands the Omer is Mater so it can be Mutter in the middle of the 16th of Nisan and if you're far away from Yerushalayim the Raman brings a Gemara you can assume by Chatzos they didn't have you know, Twitter and phones so they, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't have had immediate communication of when the Omer was brought but there's an assumption that by Midday it was brought by Chatzos it was brought She'ein Beistin Miss Aslan Basin would never be so lax as to not bring it past Midday but basically, the the Omer is matir. When the mikdash stands, the omr is matir. Rambam again is crystal clear, as explicit as can be. Chadash applies even azeh, even when there's no mikdash. It's usher the entire day min Like the second shana of the Gemara, the second shana of the and it's not exera. Like it's Asir midaraisa the entire day of yom hanef until the until the end of the the end of the second day of Pesach. Rambam adds. That would be the first day of mid'araisa. the end of the first day of Rambam adds, also based on the Gemara, we have Sveika Dioma, we have Yontav Sheini Shal Goliath, the same way we treat this, the second day of misafik as if it was the first, as if it was the first. So we treat the third day of Yantiv as if it was the second, and therefore we say that Chadash is not Mutter until the end of the third day of Yontav. The first day of Yom Tov is Shabbos in this context. The second day of Yom Tov is Mokras Shabbos. Spake the Yoma, add one more day. So until the third, and, and the Omer, Mid, Omer Midaraisa, the Rambam says, is not mutter. It seems, it seems to be saying Midaraisa, it's not mutter. Uh, he says with ferish. Oser So according to the Rambam, Chodesh is Oser Midaraisa, even Bizmanazeh, until the end of the third day of Yom Tov, what we would call the end of, in Chutzlar, it's the first day of Chalamoyed, which is the end of the third day of Yom Tov that's pretty strict. That means that Khadash is Asr Minat is manaz, and that is quite a uh, that is quite a that, that is quite a humrah. The What is khadash and what is Yash and what is the definition in this context? When, when does something become Muter? So the rule is Tvua that was hushrash that became rooted in the ground that started to grow, that took root before the Omer is Muter when the omer is brought, or by the end of the sixteenth or seventeenth day, food that was not yet rooted, that was planted after the omer, or that was planted before but didn't take root yet, that is not mutter with this omer, that is mutter by the next omer. They have to wait a whole year. So basically all grain all grain starts out its life as being chadash. As soon as it takes root, it has a status of chadash. Once it sees its first omer or its first Tezag and Yudzag and Nisan it becomes Yashan and then it's Mutter, and it's Osser to eat it until it sees its first, its first Omer, or its first uh, 16th or 17th of Nisa. Now, now assuming that chadash would apply bis assuming that it does, what does that mean in practice? So in practice, the rules are as follows. In practice, the way, the, the way agriculture works, modern agriculture works, we have a supply chain, grain grows on a farm, it grows takes some amount of days to grow. Then it's harvested. Then it's processed. It's ground. Then it's sold to food producers. It's made into bread or pretzels or cookies or pasta or whatever it is. Then those pastas are shipped from manufacturers through distributors to retail stores, and then you, the consumer, buy it. So in practice, as a consumer, nothing you see on the nothing you see on a store shelf has gotten there before a few months after it's been after, after the weed has taken after the grain has taken root after it's taken root it needs more time to grow to be harvested to be ground to be processed to be shipped to be shipped from the from the manufacturer to the wholesale to the wholesaler to the distributor to the retailer by the time anything makes it to a retail shelf several months already have passed from the point of hashrasha from the point that the grain has taken root so what does that mean so that means that right now the first few months after pesach there is no problem of nothing commercially available is going to be is going to be chadash. Anything that's commercially available must have must have taken root several months ago, which is before Pesach. So until several months after Pesach, you're in a free you're in a, you have a free pass on this. You can buy uh, you can buy with a band of anything in the store. Nothing that's commercially available is going to be chadash because nothing can get to you that quickly. Nothing that was planted after Pesach can get to to the store shelf for several months after Pesach. The problem begins once you reach August, September. Again, we, we, we have to look at the secular calendar for this, not the Jewish calendar because the agricultural cycle Follows the seasons, follows the sun. So the when they plant, when they harvest, how long it takes depends on the not the Jewish calendar but the secular calendar. So until August September, the, nothing nothing on the shelf is going to be chadash. Once you reach August September, which is typically uh, typically a few months after Pesach, April May June July August five six months after Pesach, that's when we that's when we start to have trouble with chadash because by then. Grain that was planted after Pesach can, can already have made its way to uh, to store shelves, and that's when Chadash potentially begins being a problem. From from then on, from August September until the next Pesach, any anything you anything you find in the store may or may not be Chadash. As a consumer, you typically won't know. You typically won't know whether the grain this product uses is this year's crop that was planted after Pesach and therefore is Chadash. Or is last year's crop and uh, last year's crop and is going to be mutter. So that, that's when the whole issue of Chodesh begins from around August, September until the following Pesach. Furthermore, again, this is based on the details of, the, of agricultural cycles. There are different types of wheat there. Are, there are wheat that, have, that, that are rich in different, uh, in, in, in different components and that, that have different textures and are useful for different types of products, pasta, bread, pizza, and so on. So among the different types of wheat are what they call winter wheat and summer wheat. So winter weed is typically not going to ever be kadosh because winter weed planted in the winter again by the time it ever get, by, by, by the time it ever gets to the consumer it takes a few months it's going to be after Pesach. So I think I think that's how it works. So the so the winter weed is not really an issue because say something no, no. by by the time winter weed gets to the consumer it's it, it, it's, it's always going to be uh, going to be yashan. So, products that would, so again, there are standard procedures that producers use. Certain products are better made with winter wheat. Certain products are, are better with summer wheat. The so products that are winter wheat are typically not going to be a problem because, by, again, by, by, by the agricultural cycle, by the time they get to the consumer, they'll, they'll already have passed a, uh, a Pesach. Summer wheat is the problem because wheat that was planted after PESA. Takes a few months till it, till it gets to store shelves, and by then, by, Jul, by July, August, you're dealing with a problem that maybe the wheat is maybe the wheat is uh, is chadash and you don't know. So that's the question. So that that is the basis for or whatever you want to call it, of 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 being machber yashan, of being worried from August September that grain products may be made of this year's wheat, and therefore, until we can verify that they aren't, we treat it as potentially not kosher. So the question is, why mi'ikra Din is in Mutr? Why do the cashless agencies certify products without guaranteeing that they're yashan? Why is yashan considered a chumrah? Why is it uh, not something that we're m'chayif to observe alpi din As I said, increasingly, the people are becoming stricter about yashan. Fifty years ago, it was a relatively rare chumrah. More and more, it's becoming more and more common in, in, in major Jewish communities in, in New York, in Lakewood, even in Baltimore, it's becoming more and more common for products to be routinely yashan. But still, the, the, the major cashless agencies don't don't require that products be yashan. Some of them will certify yashan, but they don't require it. Outside the big Jewish communities, much of the food is not guaranteed to be yashan. So the question is, why? How did this happen? Why Why is yashan honored in the breach? Why is this something that we... Uh, why is it something that we do not do? So, incidentally, before we go further discussing some of the some of the reasons Post have given, I, I'll mention a a truly fascinating tshuva of the Chasim Sofer. Chasim Sofer says it, that it was the minhag of his Rebbe, Rabbi, rabbi Nassen Adler. Rabbi Nosson Adler was a legendary figure, a halachist, a Talmudist, a kabbalist, with unique minhagim, very independent minded. Much of what we know about what he did comes from his talmidim, like the Chasim Sofer and others, who record his minhagim. But he he, he was revered as a as an ish kadosh and a gadol Adar, even though he didn't really leave Sfarim and he, we we don't really have a major maseiur of from him. But his 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 uh, his legendary Talmudim like the Chasam Sofer, spoke of him as uh, as a malach Elohim. So the Chasim Sofer records it, and he and he was also very independent. He was also very unconventional in some ways. So he records the Sofer records that his Rebbe, Rabbi, Rabbi Nosson Adler, on the Yom Tov of Sukkos, which is which is, when we, which, which is one of the times we read Pashas Emor, in addition to now we read Pashas Emor on Sukkos also, the Pasha of the Yom Tovim, he would not give the Aliyah of Levi, which contains this pasuk of Alecha Makali V'Charmalos Lo sohelu. he would not give he would not give that Aliyah to anyone who is not meticulous about observing Hadish, Even in his time, the situation was similar to our time, that people in general were not necessarily strict, some people were with Mahader, us and Adler would not allow on circus that Aliyah to be given to someone who was not observing Kaddish. Now, why circus? Why not Parshas Mr? So the answer, as I just said before, is because Parshas Mr everyone's observing Kaddish, because uh, every, it, 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 it's easy. There is, no, there is no Kaddish on the market. So even, even though I'm a person, perhaps, who ate Kaddish last year, uh, I'll eat Kaddish again in a few months, right now I'm not in, I'm not in current violation of the Israel of Chadash, so it's not such a big deal. But circus already, the explain, Kiba Adler Man in the fall, that's already uh, August, September times. In the fall, the barley had already been harvested, the, the summer barley, the barley that was grown after Pesach had already been harvested, which is Chadash Kodim HaOmer, until Pesach it's going to have the status of Chadash. And, on, and, and the Levi, who we call on the Yontim of Circus, and when he reads the Pasuk of Alechem, the Koli Sochelo, that's my and he's gonna to be Torah, and they're gonna read this Pasik in front of him. The Yashu of Yishta he'll go home and drink his beer made out of barley and liquors that were made out of uh, out of also that contained barley. and he'll and he'll drink and he'll eat bread which is uh, fermented or it's uh, it helps it rise. They use Shimre Sheikhar with uh, with some parts of the beer. I'm not sure why again the, the barley here was so much more of an issue than the wheat maybe the wheat didn't get to the market yet circus time maybe there are other reasons why he doesn't talk about the wheat I'm not sure but he's focused on the barley I'll call upon him he, we're gonna, he's going to get this aliyah, then he's going to go home and eat all his chadash products the rove he says according to most postcom in Israel the it's such a uh, it would be such a hypocritical thing to do so we're not going to tell him, it's, maybe it's not strictly Osir, but uh, but ze- we can't give him the salia that's what the Chasim Sofer said, he gives one other example of the same type of Minug he says that where Shmitas Ksafim the Ikra should be the Minug, today many people write Prozbals, we've written Prozbals here. many people though historically did not write Prozbals they just ignored Shmitas this goes back to the Rishonim, talked about this already it's a difficult minag. It's, you know, the, the various rishonim and try to be miyash of the minag, but it's a problematic minag. So the Chassam Sofer says that the, the same thing applies. Anyone who's not making a proper prizbol, he says, shouldn't be given the pasuk of Ligos uh, of Esrayehu because it'd be a tremendous hypocrisy in, in letting him have that aliyah when he himself is collecting his debts after Shemitah. So these are the two examples he gives of this type of practice for our purposes, Chadash, the Chassam Sofer... It sounds like he's saying it's a chumrah, but it's a serious chumrah, that there's a level of hypocrisy for someone to read that aliyah when he doesn't practice uh, when he doesn't practice chadash, and therefore don't get that aliyah. Again, I mean, presumably you're allowed to get the aliyah of ribbis even if you write a hatariska because that's mutter. But chadash with to rests on somewhat dubious grounds, as we'll discuss. On the one hand, there's a long-standing minag to be makil, On the other hand, it is very, very unclear what the minag is based on. So the minag of Abnassan Adler was that he even if he wouldn't f- absolutely forbid you, apparently, from eating chadash, he would tell you, don't get that aliyah because uh, we just can't tolerate the hypocrisy. So what is the heter? Why taka? Why taka? do we not treat khadash as a strict iser d'araisa? What is the basis for leniency in contemporary times? So this is a question that goes back to the Rishonim. It goes back to the Rishonim of Ashkenaz, largely among the Ashkenazim. Ashkenazic post-kim have been recording that the Minag was to be lenient on Chadash for 800 years, at least 800 years or so. And they've looked for reasons. They've looked for Limud Eizchus to, to, to justify the Minagolam. This is the derach of Halacha sometimes. When we have a custom that seems to be against the Halacha, but it's widespread even among observant Jews, we try to look for reasons that will justify the Halacha, Limud chust, even if the practice seems to be osser It doesn't always work, but in this case, postkin for 800 years have been struggling to come up with reasons for why Chadesh is mutter. There are many different reasons given, because none of them is that compelling. As I mentioned earlier, as I alluded to before, Svardim never really had this tradition of leniency. Svardim, all the sources we're going to discuss were all Ashkenazim. Svardim never really had this tradition of leniency, and even today, Svardim are generally stricter on this. On the whole, Svardim are stricter on this than Ashkenazim. Ashkenazim, most you know, typical American Ashkenazim were not makhbit. Today, again, more and more people, b'nei yeshivas and so on, are becoming strict about it, but in general Ashkenazic Jewry was not particularly strict about it. Svardim were, were typically strict, they, even today. May, many of those, if I, if I go through the people I know in our community who are strict about, uh, strict about uh, Chadash, about half of them are b'nei yeshiva, and the other half are, are Svardim. Svardim typically have been stricter. Uh, but the question is again, Ashkenazim had this long tradition of leniency, and the question is why. So, on one level, the answer was the answer is expedience. Ashkenazim record that due to the conditions, economic and agricultural, social conditions in their countries, it was very, very difficult to be to be, stri- to be strict about to be strict about Chadesh. But that itself is not enough a reason. If if, if, if if your food is straight, you can't eat it. But the first step is that there was a tremendous pressure to be lenient because it was very, very difficult. To uh, very, very difficult to be strict they they, they didn 't they didn't, you know, have the, all the online stores and all the trucks and trains and the supply chain uh, sophistication that we do so it, it, it was it was simply very, very difficult to be lenient or Shulchan, I think has language where he writes that uh, for six months of the year in russia there 'd be nothing to eat, no no grain because the way the, the way the crops work there they they, they they matured relatively late they matured relatively relatively uh, they, 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 that they, they were maturing in such a way that, that they, they would go for months without having any grain products. It was very, very difficult. So, on one level, the Postkim were looking for hetairim. The Minig became Timakal because it was very difficult to be Machmah. Obviously, that's not sufficient, though. If it's Asr, it's Asr. If if, as long as it's not Kuch Nefesh, we can't violate an Isser midaraisa. So, the question is Al Pialacha, what were the hetairim Postkim came up with to justify the consumption of? the consumption of Hadash. So we're going to discuss, for, for the remainder of our share, we're going to discuss perhaps a half-dozen different proposals that were given by Rishonim and Ahronim. All of them are somewhat weak. All of them rely either on Das Yachids or on, uh, or on Shita or on problematic arguments. Some of the posts actually were more optimistic about some of them, but on balance, all, all the reasons were somewhat, were somewhat problematic. But, uh, yeah, but 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 this is our but yeah, we're yeah. going to see the the major reasons that were given by the postkim a number of the major reasons for why postkim why the Jewish community in Ashkenaz was so lenient about Hadash. So, yes. It's kind of after the fact. to say that by, by, the, by years ago, the, there was a minhag. Yeah. So. Not to so observe, yes. And after the fact, you know, how do we justify?" It? So that, that, we don't that, know when it started. Right. Though. So so, the, so so Dr. Makamos is, is is making the point, which I think is correct, that the the arguments for leniency are first recorded, at least in the Sfarim, that the first recorded discussions we have, and all the later discussions, all take place against the background of a pre-existing minarch. It's not that. A community asked the Rav, we really need a heter, it's very hard, can you tell us the basis for, for, for Kula? And the answer was yes, all the posts can record the minag to be mekil Tema, Kasha, how can we do it? And they come up with reasons. But yes, it does seem, I don't know historically, I don't know what the earliest recorded sources of the minag were. The earliest source we're going to discuss is the Arzuruar from Yitzhak of Vienna. The Arzurua records that the minag is to be mekil, and he asks Tema, how are we allowed to be makel? But the but again he it, it clearly was it clearly was an existing minog in his time, and I don't know uh, I, I, I I I don't I don't know again what what the, what the very earliest sources we have for the minogar Rabbi of Vienna was a 12th 13th century figure, according to Wikipedia from about dalal alafim tough tough from about 1180 to about 1250 dalal tough tough kufsamach hey yud, so the so that is that, as I said, that's about 800 years ago. Rashi um, never I don't know. I, I don't know. Does Rashi ever talk about it? I don't know. The, the earliest source I have here in my notes is the Arzirua. I, I can't say for sure who the earliest one is, but the so about at least about at least 800 years ago in Ashkenaz, we know it was the Minog, and that's when the, that's the earliest attempt we have to justify it. <laughs> so the Arzirua asks, Tema, Chadash is noy bechutzlaritz. It applies, he says, to non-Jewish grain as well. How can we buy grain from the non-Jews? What happened to Chadash? If the Tfua was took root before the Omer, that's mutter, Of course, he says, but but that's fine. But but since but Chadash is knowing in Chutzlar, Chadash is Khadash uh, is knowing Bishalakum. He says, and uh, what's the hatter? So he says. First, so he says a couple of things. He says that uh, what's what's the he- even though we're not sure, he says we don't have transparency in the, into the supply chain. We don't typically know, he says, whether any particular grain is chadash or yashan. It could be chadash, we just don't know. If, it, if it's I, I, I know he says. so the first he brings nira be'enayaniyam chaber to paskin, we're going chadash is only drabon. Now we saw the Rambam says deraisa, it's machlokas ta'noim, it's machlokas rhyme the Rambam is Daraisa, Arzarua says I want to be I want a Paskin that it is that it is mid-rabanan. Now again, we mentioned earlier the Khasim Sofer when he summarizes the consensus of the Poskim, he says Larov Poskim even Bismara Zed's Daraisa. Many Poskim say even in Kutzlaritz is Daraisa. But the Ar-Zerua wanted to say that the the Ar-Zerua wanted to say that the that Chodesh and Khutzlarts is Chodesh and is Drabbanan. Once it's Drabanan, we can say that we are Mekil because of Svekus. And this is a very important motif that we're going to see in the later postcum as well. Many of the major Ateirim of Chadash were based on the idea that it's a Suffolk. We're based on that, well, with variations Suffolk Drabanan, Svek spik, and certain variations. But many of the different Ateirim are based on the idea that it's a Suffolk. And to the extent that you know something is Chadash, some of these hitterim fall by the wayside. <laughs> I once heard in the name of Refineman, I, I can't uh, vouch for this, but I once heard in the name of Refineman that he said, I'm not sure if he meant this seriously or in jest, but he, he was, uh, I once heard that he was commenting on the Chaddish guide. They put out a guide today where, where uh, tireless... The Huddish the guide. They, they, put, they put it... Uh, uh, Refineman. I once heard that, that he said, that these guides are actually problematic. People have done tireless research to, to learn about, what, to analyze the codes and products, and to, to figure out what, what, what manufacturers use, which crops, and which plants use which crops, and to, and to provide information about what's, uh, what's chadash and what's yasha. And I heard that Rav Heinemann said, that these guides, they make it easier for those who keep Chadesh, but they make, they make it more difficult for the rest of us, because a lot of our Heterim rest on the fact that we have stakers. We don't actually know. If the information is out there, if someone's compiled it and it's readily available, in and, and Halakha, you, you can't claim Suffolk if the information is readily available. So those who do want to rely on the Heterim, the existence of these guides actually complicate matters. Okay, but we'll discuss uh, some, some more of this soon. But in the meantime, this was the Arzirua's first Heter, that he wants to pass in Chadash and Chutzlar, it's Drabanan, and once it's Drabanan, we can say Sveke Drabanan Lakula. Furthermore, he says, he says, he goes through the Sugya, he says that he mentions what I said earlier, it's a Shasad He says, the whole the whole idea is Shasad Shalon Shalon Likras Akum. We can't avoid buying uh, from the non Jews, that the Jews weren't farmers in Ashkenaz, so our supply comes from the non Jews, and we don't have visibility into their production, so we can't tell what's Chadash and not If we'd be Macbeth we'd be re- in real trouble. And therefore, he says, we can be selmech on those poskim who said that Chodesh and Chutzlart is drabanan. There's a klal in general. We can be selmech on a dasiyachid uh, b'shasad Chak. Kolshen here. It's not even a das yachid. It's, uh there are, there, are, there are numerous. There are major poskim both ways. He says. Therefore, we can say that. And since it will be a great shasad Chak, he said. And the halacha is not clearly settled. He says, we can say Chodesh and Chutzlart is drabanan, and we can be make Certainly he says, as I mentioned earlier, that's only for the Safic he says, certainly those Jews who do have fields in Chutzlarts and they, and they know whether their whether their grain is chadash or not, he says and they know that, that some of their grain is chadash, it's certainly Oster until until the next Passover. There's no Hetser. The hetzer, so the Hetcher according to the Arzarua is based on two things. It's based on A, his willingness to Paskin at least in the Suffolk, to be so on the Shita that Khadish and Chutzlarz is only Drabanan. Once it's only Drabanan, as we know in all areas of Halacha, we can be more lenient. And since we don't know what's Chodesh and what's Yashan, we can be mekil and say, it, Drabanan, that was the hetter of the Arzuru. The, the Bach, so the Bach is several hundred years later. The Bach is around the turn of the 17th century. The Bach says, the Minnag was poshid from Malchuseinu in Poland, the minhag with pashut in in, 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 in in Ashkenazic Europe in Poland in the 400 years ago to be nolei even gedolei Torah of the previous generation, even the gedolei hadari says people like Rav Shachna, an important figure from that time, Rav Shlomo Luria, the Marshal, and their talmidim, the great of that gener- the great Polish poskim of that generation, they would not forbid chadash, they would drink beer. Again, beer seems to have been a major issue very often. Except for some chassidim, he says, there were some, not, not chassidim in the modern sense, but chassidim, those who were very pious, would be strict, he says, but the hamonam, even the gedolim, by and large, would be, would be strict. Says the Bach, so what is the heter? He says, his, he, he comes up with a new heter, he says, just as we have in the context of Shemitah, one of the heterim is that yuvul that, nachri, that, that, that if a non-Jew farms, some say that the, the, the laws of Shemitah don't apply to that produce, the Bach argues, again, a, a detailed argument, we're not going to get into his sources and arguments, but the Bach argues that the product of Goyim, not necessarily Chutzlarts, so our said Chutzlarts is draban. The Bach argues that grain that was produced by non-Jews is not subject to the prohibition of Khadash. And therefore, he says, the Minag relies on this Shita, that the law of Khadash does not apply to produce that is farmed by, by non-Jews. Therefore, he says, that is a reliable heter to the extent you want to be machmer be machmer he says as, 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 as personal virtue he says but no gadol should pask in a hara le iser hepacha minag. the minug has great weight in halacha no, no, no gadol should paskin in should try to overturn the Minog. the minag was established al pigidol yisrael to be matir you want to be machmer Misha wrote to he says midis who, you shouldn't pask that for other people you shouldn't cause machlokas again when well, the publishing guides and I don't know if that would violate the Bach's rule but, but certainly he says you shouldn't pask in the as he says, and even if you want to be machber, it's only someone with a, with a reputation and a, uh, and a consistent conduct of other areas of piousness and, and stringency. You can do that, but other than that, the Bach feels that the minhag is very reliable. The minhag the min, the min carries a lot of weight, and he feels he has a solid justification in this principle that produce of non-Jews is not subject to chadash, and therefore the Bach says that's the basis for the minhag. Now, there is a fascinating truly fascinating tshuva again of the Avni Nezer. Nezer was chassidish chassidim in general are among those who are the least strict about uh, chadash the, the Sephardim maybe are the most strict chassidim are the least strict chassidim even when they have all the chumras and they have Pasch Yisrael people often get confused but when you ask someone if, 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 if a certain hechshar if a certain food is chadash they often say oh it says pasi Yisrael on it Pasch Yisrael has no connection to chadash Pasch Yisrael means it was baked by Jews that's another chumra it's a different chumra um, past Yisrael is often something the Hasidim are makbed and, and the Hasidim often don't care about Yashin so very very often you can have food which, which seems very from it has, has the Chumrah of past Yisrael, but very often it will not be, be certified as Yashin some foods are some, some foods will say both past Yisrael and Yashin but very often you'll see food that's past Yisrael and not certified to be Yashin that's beca- and that is because to, often because the Hasidim are often strict about past Yisrael, they're often not strict about Chadash now, the Avrinazir himself was Hasidic, but he has a, a truly fascinating comment. He says that, I have heard, he says, that the Hasidim, he, he apparently himself it sounds like he was strict about, 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 uh, about Chadash, but he says, Shamati Babir, I've heard reliably, I've heard, uh, I've heard uh, accurate and, and reliable testimony, he says, that the Hasidim of Poland are not strict about Chadash. So again, appa- apparently he himself was—he himself was—but he says he heard that the Chassidim of Poland were not particular about uh, were, were were not particular about about Khadish. So th- so the, the Avnezer himself—where did he live? Avnezer himself lived in Sakhachev. That is in—I uh, don't even know where Sakhachev is exactly, but Sakhachev is in. Kassidus of Sakhachev is in the city of Sakhachev. Sakhachev is on the river Bazura. It is on the... Apparently it's near Warsaw, so I'm not sure. Again, Poland meant different things at different points in history. Whatever it is, he says that he... Uh, he um, today we call it Poland, but uh, he, he says that the Kassidus of Poland he heard are not particular about Yashin. Why not, why not he says. He says the reason is because in the great Rebbe of Leblin, the Chose of Leblin, he says they used to put on the, they used to serve, they used to put on the table gryfim, some kind of chadash, This dish, whatever it was, contained chadash. And the reason the Rebbe in his house, in his tish, the reason the Rebbe served chadash is because the Chose of Leblin is because he says, My ancestor of the Bach. The Chose of Leblin was a descendant of the Bach. He says, My ancestor of the Bach had a heter for chadash, so I follow my family tradition, and I'm not makben on chadash, and that's why the Avenizer says the Polish Hasidim don't keep chadash. Okay. Avnezer strongly implies that those who are not followers of the Chos of Lublin, even other Hasidim, do keep or should keep chadash. Avnezer makes this point in a, in, in a fascinating context. He was arguing with his father about the esrogim of Corfu. Corfu is an island in the Mediterranean. There were esrogim there. There was a great controversy about whether they were Merkiv or not, whether they were kosher or not. Nazar's father wrote to him and said that the he wrote to him and said that the, the in Poland use uh, use the Shraga of Corfu, so they must be good. Nazar told his father, "It's not a raya," he says, because the Chassidim of Poland follow the Chozeh, and the Chozeh of Lublin is a descendant of the Bach, and the Bach was famously lenient about Morkov. The Bach had the, the Bach had a particularly lenient view with regard to Morkov. And therefore, the Chose follows the Bach, and the Chassidim of Poland follow the Chose. I'll prove it to you, he says, because you find the same thing about Chodesh. He says the Chassidim of Poland have this unusual heter apparently, of being lenient to Chodesh, and the reason they do so is because of the Bach, he says, and the Bach and the Chose. But the implication is, he says, it doesn't apply to us. We're not the Talmudim of the Chose. We should not use the Strogm of Korfu, and he implies that... We should not be so quick to be samich on the Bach because we have no... The Bach is one... one it's a gadol b'tara, but he's one of many. And unless we have a particular affinity for the Bach, the Bach does not represent... He, say, he implies the Bach does not represent... He doesn't say this, but he strongly implies that the Bach does not represent the mainstream consensus of, of Judaism, even of the Hasid. As a matter of fact, I don't actually know the custom of Chabad today, but the Shulchan Aruch HaRav is strict about Chadesh. The Shulchan Aruch HaRav in uh, Discusses Chadash and he says that Alach <laughs> is Asr. Yeah, should be Machmer. Shulchan says, <laughs> In his time as well, in the 18th, 19th century, in his time as well, he says that the Chadash was virtually ignored, Ashkenazic world at least. And he brings different Svaras of the Matirim, the Arzarua, the Bach, other Akronim, and he says, You have all these Heterim, he says, however, the bottom line is he says someone who is pious and meticulous should not be someone on the matirim he should be machmer at least for himself to, again he, he a little bit concedes to the back he shouldn't go around saying it's Oscar everyone's an avarian at least for yourself he says a balnefesh shouldn't rely on the matirim he should be machmer to the extent possible, which is the haskamah of Rov HaRishonim achronim. is the consensus of most Rishonim and Achronim that Chadosh is Noheg Minat Torah, af Bechutz Laretz, Uvachal Machom, Av Nachrim, the Aruch Harav, summarizing 200 years ago. Even though we have all these uh, heterim that it doesn't apply Bizmanazeh, or that it doesn't apply Midaraisa in Chutzlarts, or that it doesn't apply to produce of Anachri, you have all these heterim, but the bottom line is, Rov Rishonim, Rov Akronim say, chadash is mid Midaraisa, even in Chutzlarts, everywhere, even Bishal even Bizmanazeh, that is the Iker, even though the Minigistimakel, so you can't tell people that they're wrong, he says, but a Balnefer should do the right thing and should uh, not be follow these leniencies about Chaddush. Again, I don't know what contemporary Chabad practice is. But that is the, that is the ruling, of, that is the recommendation of the Shulchan Aruch HaRav. The Aruch HaShulchan, I mentioned earlier, the Aruch HaShulchan spends a lot of time on this question. The Aruch HaShulchan notes that it was very, very difficult in Russia. Again, Jews weren't farmers. It was very, very difficult to, to observe Hadash. And, 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 and if you did, it, there would be whole, large portions of the year that there would be nothing to eat. So the Aruch HaShulchan spends a lot of time looking for a he says, and he, 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 he goes on at length, he says, we have the Arzarua, that it's Drabanan, and we have Sveikas. Now, now that we found the Arzarua wasn't in print for much of the history of the, of, of, of the halacha, but they, they, they printed the Arzarua in the 19th century. We see he was Mekel, he says, and he fails the Heter is, he spent a lot of time arguing that the Heter is correct, la halacha? He says, all these other Gedolim who, who struggled, like the Bach and others who struggled, the Taz, the Abram, who struggled to find Heterim, had, uh, because of the great Tsar of the Isser and Armadinas, had they seen the all well, their pulpulum, had they seen the heter of the Arzarua, they were not have worried so much. And he says, He feels he has a valid heter. So, unlike the Shulchanacharav, he felt more comfortable saying the Ikerla is like the Minog. So, so, we see we have a both ways. We have a like the Bach and the Shulchan who felt the heterum the, the they proposed were very solid. Adkide Kach, that uh, the the Bach agrees you can be machmer, but he says you shouldn't, you shouldn't criticize the minag. You can only be machmer if you're muqsuk and preachers and other things as well, he says. R. Shulchan, uh, Shulchan says it's, uh, that it's yitzmach levaveinu v'sogil nafsheinu, we're mulam etzchus, and it's derach yasher t'imekel. On the other hand, other gedolachronim from 200 years ago from that time were much stricter. The Shulchan Aruch Arav says that every balneva should be machmer. You shouldn't be Somech, The Icar is that it's awesome. Rinderaisa. We mentioned the Chasam Sofer, B'shem R' and Adler, who says that you, you shouldn't get. The, you, you should have enough uh, self consciousness and shame. Not you shouldn't get the aliyah of lechem v'kolly v'charam aloso. At that time of the year, if you if you are lenient about about chadash, and also of course we have the go Navilna, the Bir Hagra in his Bir uh, Hagra in his comments to Shulchan Aruch, commenting on the Bach, he says the Bach's idea that it doesn't apply to produce of, of Goyim, he says all the Achronim reject the Bach he said, like we saw in the Avni the Bach, if you're a Talmud of the Chose of Leblin and a descendant of the Bach, it's one thing but in, in, in objectively he says all the Achronim reject it it's an error that he made he says, and he uh, he says, the, the, the Maganav Ram, he brings the Maganav Ram. The Maganav Ram says also, similar to the Arzeruah, that Chadash and Chutzlar, is Midrabanan. Instead of saying Midrabanan will make it because of he brings a variation of the Heter. Some say that if, if it's only Midrabanan, there were only there on the regions near Eretz Yisrael. But in Poland and in, in, in Europe, where they're not are close to Eretz Yisrael, if it's Daraissa, it doesn't matter. If it's Daraissa in Chutzlaerts, it applies everywhere in Chutzlaerts, in, in, in Africa and Antarctica and wherever you go. But if it's Drabana and it's only Egeira, then there were only there in the areas near Eretz Yisrael. Mugnav Ram says, olam. He concedes this is not a great Heter. This is a Chidosh and it's not a great Heter. It's again, like you said before, given that that was the minhag. And maybe because it was a of hak, we, we may kill. However, the Magen concludes again: Aval bal nefesh, yachmer mash lizar, To the extent that you can, if you can't, you can't. But mash efrshalolizar, also says bal nefesh yachmer. So the Gra says that again. The Magen tries to miyashiv al the sefer. True, Truma, varav dechukim baod, and the Magen himself says that he's only saying it to miyashiv the men of bal nefesh should be He's conceding that it's not a, uh, it's not a great solid hetzer. Aindvar of Kedai, the God, and says, I feel the Ashef of Mira Grah is famous for being one of the vehement opponents of the Heterim. What the Mughan Avram says is, not nah Kedai even to me, of the Minog. So again, we have some poskim who felt that the Heter is pretty reliable, like the Bach and the Archa Shulchan. We have other poskim, like the Mughan Avram and the, and the Shulchan Archa Rav, who grudgingly accepted the Minog but recommend Bal Nefesh Yachmer. We have the Gra, who was vehemently opposed to the Heterim and felt none of the Heterim holds water use a strong language to reject them and even today, that, that, that's one of the reasons today that the stringency of chadash has, a, a, has seen a resurgence because of the Grah. The Grah has great influence in the yeshiva world, in Brisk, in Wayu, and many of the Talmudim of the Grah have begun again to follow the to follow the Grah and to be, machbed, to be strict about Khadash, because as we've seen, many, many achronim, this is another example people have noted my father used to tell me about this. People have noted that the, the Grah and the Shulchan Aruch HaRav, even though they were great ideological opponents, they were at the heads of the respective armies of the, the Hasidim and the Misnagdim. Nevertheless, on many issues, they actually agreed. And this is one of them. The Grah and the Shulchan Aruch HaRav both agree that the Heterim for Chadash are very dubious, that the Iker, la Halacha, is that it's is that is that it's there's no real Heter. And therefore, the the Gra says that there is no good Heter, Shulchan Aruch kharav says the minog is tinekel, but you should be machmer. And this is the this was the consensus of many Achronim that even even though some of them justified the minog, many many Achronim, Avraham Shulchan Aruch kharav the Gra, have all said the the Chassim Sofer, the Avnezer, seemingly have all taken the position that a person really should be machmer to the extent that he can on chadash. So as we began, it seems that there are other Heterim as well, also not not so solid. It seems that in Europe they were make ill either because of these hetero, but zero for the fact like the Akronim recognized that it was very hard that, that it was a shas like like the Arziruah said Baruch Hashem in the U.S. today we have more communication we have better visibility into the supply chain we have more money we have more resources it has become much easier to be strict about Chadosh it's still not always a walk in the park especially outside the New York metro area but it is much easier to be strict about chadash, and that is why the, the, there has been a resurgence. Many people have said, even the even the early poskim agreed that it was not ideal that, and even they kind of conceded that the Hester was based on a Minag and shaset chak. Today, the shaset chak is much less, and that's why many people today are much stricter. That's why there is a uh, a, a burgeoning movement of people who are who try to be meticulous about the prohibition of chadash.